give them a little bit of a testimony. And, and I always phrase it like this, if God could use us and if God could do what he's done with us, he could do it with anybody. And uh, it's just been, a, been amazing what God's done. I want to encourage, of course, the kids aren't in here, but that little, little uh, play on the track, that's so important. You know, sometimes we hand out something like that or we put one in the door or we go visiting or we maybe out shopping and you hand out something, a little brochure from the church, a track that we call it often, and, and uh, we, we do that and we, we think, oh, what good did it do? Or like she showed, somebody throwing it on the ground. Um, but it was, that's exactly what happened to me is that somebody handed me basically a track walking across campus at Memphis State. And, uh, and that was the beginning of a changed life. Uh, I didn't take it and receive it immediately. The truth is, is I didn't believe anything in it. I didn't care about anything in it. I took what, it was the track in the back of a Gideon's Bible, and I threw it on the, on the back of my, my uh, bed, uh, that little bedstead there for, I don't know, months maybe. But God finally got a hold of me. And I always thought the man that handed that to me, he has no idea who I am. I have no idea who he is, and he probably thought that, that was a wasted little Bible, but it wasn't. Amen? All right, I want you to go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, I've, uh, we've kinda, we, when I first came here, and for months we did a little bit of a, a series on prayer because it's prayer meet time, prayer is essential, and it's prayer meet time. So uh, I've got a little short message tonight. We're not doing on prayer. We, then we went for about three weeks on uh, on basically spiritual warfare and kind of gave some PowerPoint teachings on spiritual warfare. Uh, now I'm going to begin. We're going to try to do pretty much, and they say verse by verse, but it's not, you know, it's almost impossible to do a verse by verse study without taking, you know, for the next year or so. Uh, but we're going to look at the book of Romans. Uh, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible, and it's a very important book. And we're going to kind of break it down. Tonight, we're basically going to look at about four verses. And that's why you really, you know, to take verse by verse, it'll take you forever because there's so much in virtually every verse. And you'll find that God repeats certain themes and certain things over and over through the book of Romans. Uh, but that's what we're going to take a look at right now. And our time's very short. Um, we may, I may I probably tonight I'm going to do the message and then I'll go back myself through the uh, prayer requests that we had and probably pray from, from here uh, we'll have just kind of a joint prayer. We had a really good prayer meeting when we got back, and I'm not saying that, you know, takes care of this, but it's already about 19 minutes till, and I don't want to keep you late tonight, uh, but I, I want to, uh, we'll see how it goes. But Romans chapter 1, and I will just read through the first four verses. It says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of, of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless tonight. Holy Spirit of God, please, I yield myself to thee and I ask you to guide my mind. I need you, Lord. And I know we're a little rushed tonight, but Lord, I need your guidance, your your presence as I speak. This is very important. The scripture is so very important that we learn this. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want you to just, as we're going to, I started to read through the entire chapter, and again, I won't take time to do that. Uh, but when we look through these, just these first four verses, we're going to start breaking it down and look at the importance of some of the words in here. But it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. 
And right there, already in that, that little term, a servant. Uh, you know, a servant in today's terminology or today's uh, thought processes, we'll think of somebody, you know, a, sir, a waitress at a, at a restaurant, a servant at, a, at a, a, some organization or a restaurant or some, uh, just, you know, even serving in church. But when you look up this definition, it's doulos, it's D-O-U-L-O-S, doulos. And when you look up that, you'll find that it is, the, the definition is a lowly slave a lowly slave. And so when Paul, this greatest of apostles, and maybe, as some say, maybe the greatest Christian ever lived, Paul comes and he says, starts out, and he says about himself, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, he says, I'm a slave. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. Now, a slave can be by, by force or by choice. And the fact is, we're going to find out how Paul became a slave of Jesus Christ. But the, the emphasis that I want to make here is, is this, especially to young people and people who have surrendered a full-time service. I've tried to emphasize this. We had a few of our young people that did that during the camp week. But when you choose to serve God, when you say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, when you do that, when God says, I want you, when, you, when that happens, you're not, it's not, okay, I'm going to serve God. That's the way we'll term it. I, I'm going to serve God. No, it's not. I'm a slave. Now, you have to understand, what's the importance of that? A slave doesn't have the right to quit. A slave doesn't have the right to just say, okay, I don't think I'll do this anymore. I've told this to college young people for years and years. Listen to me. You say you're called to preach. You say God called you to preach. Watch this now. You're now his slave. You can't come up here in a couple of years and say, well, I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. You don't understand. You don't have that right anymore. We don't have the ability to say, I, I think I will, I think I won't. Because a slave doesn't have that right or that power. You know, in, in it's horrible times, but when you, re, you read historically and even in biblical times, one of the things that they would do, if a slave tried to escape, uh, they would, they would uh, in a fault, if he yielded a, uh, wielded a sword or something, they would cut off his thumbs. That way he couldn't fight anymore, so they could keep him as a slave. They would even, if he ran, they would cut off his big toes. Because you can't run, you can't balance, you can't propel without a big toe. They cut off his big toe. If he continued to try to escape, and maybe, you know, not in this order even, but they may imprison him for a while. They may beat him. They may, they may eventually, if he continued to do it, they would kill him. Now, you have to understand, there's a little bit of a correlation here. When we become a slave of Jesus Christ, look, we can't just say, I'm going to cut and run. God will come after you. And there's a lot of people that have suffered a lot that what really brought it on was the fact that they tried to turn and walk away from God. And you say, well, God would do that to us. God would hurt us like that. No, he's not hurting us. He's trying to get us to stop running. He's trying to get us to stop leaving him. And he would allow some things to, to happen in the lives of people. I've seen it over these years. And, 
And so it's so very important that we look at just the terminology. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. I don't have the right to quit. I don't have the power to quit. That's not my option. I'm God's. I'm his lowly slave. Lowly means I have no pride in this thing. I'm, I'm committed. And, and this can take place by choice. And people will say to me, I've had them say to me, well, I, I chose to serve God. I, you know, it was my choice, so it's my choice to change. You know, once you committed, what they would do is, is you became a bond slave. You're still a slave. A bond slave, a slave of love. You know, I, I, I'm, I could be free right now, but I'm going to choose to serve you. I'm going to choose to be with you. They've taken, they put him against the doorpost. They would bore a hole in his ear. And they, they would mark him as a bond slave. And can I tell you, as a bond slave, he's still a slave. I'm a slave by love. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so this is a very important thing. One who gives himself a slave, one who gives himself up to another's will, those who, uh, the service, uh, especially for, for Christ, and extending or advancing his cause, uh, this is somebody who gives up to another's will. And that's what Christ, Paul said, that's who I am. I'm a slave. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. And then he says, I'm called to be an apostle. You know who God calls? He calls those that understand they're his. I'm Christ. And he says, okay, and then I'm going to use you in a very special way. If you really understand, this is a lifetime commitment. A lifetime commitment. He said called, it means a, a divine appointment, a divinely appointed position. Apostle, that's another word there. He says a called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, believed to be the replacement of, uh, Paul was believed to be the replacement for Judas Iscariot and the, uh, the apostle to the Gentiles. And so God called him. It was a divine appointment, a divinely appointed position of apostle. And then I want you to notice this next word here. It says, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Separated, and it's a terrible word today. People don't want to talk about being separated to anything because we want everything to be okay about everything. But, but God says, that I, he was, Paul said, I'm separated. Separated. And that separated there is to mark off from others by boundaries, to limit, to separate, to appoint, to set apart for some purpose. Paul understood that he was taken by God, called by God, and God said, I'm going to take you, and for the rest of your life, I'm going to use you for this purpose. No matter what comes, I'm still going to use you for this purpose. No matter what happens, no matter how bad it gets, I still, this is the purpose I have for you. I've called you. I'm not turning my back. You know, the gifts and calling are God without repentance. That means God never changes his mind. That means also we're not supposed to change our minds. To a point, to set apart for some purpose. Now I want you to go to Romans chapter 1 uh, verse 2. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 2. He said, which, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So here we have Paul. Paul has been called 
Paul is a, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of, of God, the good news of Jesus Christ. He said, this is what I've been, and, and just for us all to understand this, as Christians, every one of us has been called to that same thing, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, that's who I am, but I'm also an apostle. I've been set apart uh, for God in a very special way. But in Romans chapter 1, verse 2, he says, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. This gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ was promised through the Old Testament that Christ would come. And so it's all promised. God says it's been promised to you. And Paul says, this is what I'm preaching, that which was promised to us. I'm preaching, and just so you know, folks, the Old Testament has not been done away with. And it's a big push today that, you know, the Old Testament really has no place and no purpose today. I'm going to tell you, the Old Testament has not been done away. That's the Old Testament is how we know who Christ was. Uh, without that, we would not know Christ. The Old Testament, Christ quoted the Old Testament over and over again. So this gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, which was promised through the Old Testament that he would come. Then look at verse 3, and this is the, the key one I want to look at tonight. It's really amazing to me. In verse 3, it says, concerning his son, because the prophet spoke concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now look what it says here, which was made of the seed of David. And then there's this phrase in there, according to the flesh. Now this is why it's very important to go at times, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's, again, there's another, you know, movement out there. If you don't go verse by verse in every preaching service, then you're, you're really not doing the, the, you know, the whole counsel of God. And, and I, I say to everybody, we do that. There's a time for it. It's Wednesday night Bible study. That's what we call this, Wednesday night Bible study. There's a preaching time where you preach to the needs of the people as you're led by the Holy Spirit. As you pray and beg the Holy Spirit to help you with the needs of the people. And uh, we do that primarily on Sunday morning and, and, some, and somewhat on Sunday night. And so, but Wednesday night is a, is a time to go verse by verse through the, the scripture or go by, by uh, so, some point by point. But here is something that's very important when we do go verse by verse. It says Romans chapter 1 verse 3, which was made of the seed of David, which that's saying is basically Christ was born of the flesh. But notice what it says now. It says, made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now, somebody help me. How else can you be born? Well, we know spiritually you can be born spiritually, be born again. But Christ was not going to be born again spiritually. Why would they throw in this phrase, according to the flesh? As I read through this, you know, and I, I firmly believe, and, and I beg you to get this, I, I throw it out all the time, but every word in the Word of God is there for a reason. Every phrase is there for a reason. God doesn't just, He's not trying to, you know, I, we used to, in, in college, and you'd have to write an essay, and they'd say 600-word essay. And man, I'm telling you, to make 600 words, I can get really creative. I can make some sentence and, and make that, you know, uh, make about a page that really says one thing. 
and you just kind of reword it and say it again and throw it around here and spin it around and, and you make it look as good and sound as good as you possibly can. And, and uh, you know, only when I became a teacher did I look at this and say, man, we were such idiots because it's so easy to tell when you're being a complete idiot. But, uh, you know, or when you don't know the answer to the question, so you write more. You know, you give you this a question, you write about three pages because you have no clue, but you're just hoping that something you may say may land on the right thing somewhere in there. Well, God doesn't do that. God says what he means, means what he says. And so he said, which was made of the seed of David, and then he put in according to the flesh. And what we have here is a statement of the human lineage and the divine lineage. According to the flesh, God was making very clear to us, I believe this is a statement, and get this now because it's important to salvation. He was making a statement about the deity of Christ. You see, when, I'm, when I was born, nobody has to say, July 23rd, I just thought I'd throw that out to you. July 23rd, y'all did understand that? Did anybody not hear me? July the 23rd, When are you leaving? When are y'all taking off? 29th, good. You'll be here July the 23rd. And so, <laughs> July 23rd is my birthday, and people come up and say, yeah, you know, Robert Hooker was born on July the 23rd, such and such year, and then throw in there, according to the flesh, you'd look and say, well, that's stupid. How else do we think he was born? Because he was born of the flesh of a man and woman. He was born in the flesh. So why would you, why do we say this different for God? Because listen, folks, get this. Christ was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. And God's trying to make clear to us, you understand, only according to the flesh was he born because Christ is eternal and had no beginning and no end. He's trying to let us know that Christ was born. Yes, he was born, but it was according to the flesh he was born because the eternal Christ was never born. He has no beginning or end. And so they had to throw that in there because he always is, always was. He's God incarnate. And what he was saying was Christ came in the flesh. We understand he was birthed in the flesh, but he was eternal. He is eternal. So it's very important because without Christ being God, you know, when we say whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, you know what we're really saying? We're saying that when you call upon the name of the Lord, you're calling upon his ability and his authority. You see, the name of the Lord, he is Lord, so he has authority. He is God, so he has authority to save us when we call upon him. But he, when we call upon Jesus Christ, we always also call upon his ability. He died in our place. So he both died in my place, he has the ability to save me, we call upon his, uh, his ability and his authority. And God's saying right here, yes, he was born of the flesh, but he's eternal. 
And we had to clarify him and only him. Nobody else do we ever have to say was born according to the flesh. So he's made of the seed of David. This lets us know that Christ was born in the flesh to the lineage of Mary. But also, God is very distinct when he says, according to the flesh, for the eternal Son of God is God incarnate. God in the flesh and has no beginning nor end. He was never born. Although many debate whether, he, uh, whether Luke 3 gives us the genealogy of Mary and the descendant uh, back to David, I believe that this is exactly what it is because Jesus had the right to the throne both, physic- both physically and, and spiritually. And so Luke 3 gives us the lineage, and, I, and, and again, they debate whether that's really talking about Mary's lineage, but I think it clearly is. But, uh, and so it shows us that Mary, through Mary, through his physical birth, he had the right to the throne of David. Through his spiritual birth, of course, he had the right to the throne of David, to the fact that he was God and he always uh, is and always was. So it made it clear that Christ came to us in the flesh through a physical birth through Mary, but also according to the flesh. His eternal being is just that. He always was and always will be. And then you go to Romans chapter 4, and my time's already up. Romans, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 4. We see that because he, became, he came in physical form, he had to be declared. Look at what verse 4 says, and declared to be the Son of God and declared to be the sermon. That word declared simply means determined. And how was he determined to be the son of God? And it gives us clearly, he says, this is how he was determined to be the son of God. By determined, not, not meaning that uh, he, this made him the son of God. This is determined as we made that determination by watching him, by seeing him. And so how was that done? With power. It says, according to the spirit of holiness. And when Christ walked this earth, there was holiness exhibited like no other time and never will be except when Christ comes again. And he said, by the resurrection from the dead. How was he determined? How was he declared to be the son of God? By power, by holiness, and by the fact that he arose from the dead. This is where we'll, we'll stop tonight because our time is up. But this is a wonderful conclusion for the importance of the resurrection cannot be emphasized enough. And this is again why it's so important. We know he's Christ. We know he's the Savior. We know he's God incarnate because he rose from the dead. I'm just going to give you this testimony. Uh, and it's really an error on my part and not double checking something. But, but we're going to be reordering even, you know, our good tracks that we had. Uh, a buddy of mine knows what I, what I teach. He was a student of mine. And, they, and uh, they, Ms. Melinda put a picture of our track on, the, on Facebook. And this boy is very close to me. He's like a, like another, like a son to me. But he, he called me and he said, Brother Hooker, he said, he said, I know you would never notice this. He said, but I know how much you believe in the resurrection, how much you push the resurrection and soul one. And, and he said, the resurrection is not in the track. And as soon as I picked up the track and realized the, the line where it's supposed to say that, it doesn't say it. And how it slipped by, but we'll be ordering new ones because without, listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you ever memorize something, get this solid. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, 
I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. So again, we have this word declare. He said, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what the gospel is. Which ye also have received, and wherein you stand, by which you are also saved. He said, this gospel that I preached unto you is the way in which you get saved. He said, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, and, and again, that, uh, all that simply means is if you didn't really believe when it came, you, know, you made an emotional decision or whatever, but, but he says this, he says, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. He's saying, I'm going to declare the gospel to you, and it's the same gospel that I believed. And here it is. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we leave them simply with Christ died for your sins, do you believe that? Well, I'm glad that they do, but you know, Muhammad also died. Every other leader of any kind of cult all through history has died. Christ didn't just die. He arose from the grave. And he didn't arise because somebody else had him arise from the grave. Christ arose in his own power because he's God. And you can't keep God in the grave. No matter how much they tried, they can't keep God in the grave. And it's so very important, and that's why this verse in Romans is so important. We see that because he became, came in physical form, he had to be declared, determined to be the Son of God. But the way we determine him to be the Son of God, one of the key factors, oh, they said we saw his power. We saw his holiness. But they said we saw that he arose from the grave. He arose. So it's very, very important that we understand when you deal with somebody, when you talk to somebody about salvation, they got to believe. I say it all the time to them. I say, do you believe that Christ died for your sins? Yes, I do. Well, first of all, do you believe you're a sinner? Yes, I do. Do you believe Christ died for your sins? Yes, I do. Do you believe he shed his blood and he was buried? And I say this, do you believe he rose from the grave and he's alive today? You know, every once in a while, they'll stare at it. They'll get to that part. They understand they're a sinner, and they really, they've heard all their life, you know, Jesus Christ died for them. But when you say he's alive today, they kind of stare at you like, well, how could he be alive today? Because he's God. Because God is eternal. Because God goes back to what we were talking about according to the flesh. He never, he never had a birth. He never had, will have a death. He revealed himself according to the flesh. And when he was crucified, shed his blood and died, he arose from the grave and he lives today. And we've got to believe that or there is no salvation. We've got to trust that. And so uh, I'm not sure how exciting. I'll try to, you know, work into a little bit more humor every now and then as we get into this, this verse by verse thing. It's a hard thing for me to do. 